0: Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in! Here at the Friends of a Feather podcast, we are so excited to tell you all about a great new resource we found, Kaleidoscope Kids Bibles. Until now, there was very little to help bridge the gap between storybook Bibles and adult translations, which are written at a high school level or higher. Kaleidoscope is a new kids' Bible company that is changing that. They retell every book of the Bible in beautifully designed single volumes with elementary-aged kids in mind. They are a company you can trust to help your children fall in love with the Bible. Check them out today at readkaleidoscope.com. That's R-E-A-D-K-A-L-E-I-D-O-S-C-O-P-E.com. This month, they are releasing two new volumes, Sound the Alarm, Joel, Amos, and Jonah, by none other than the hilariously funny Caroline Saunders, and Over the River, The Story of Joshua by Chris Ammon. Friends, you can use the discount code FEATHER to take 15% off your order today. That's 15% off using the discount code FEATHER. You can find them on Instagram at reed.kaleidoscope to learn more. Kaleidoscope, the new kid in kids' Bibles. Well, welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am so excited to talk with my new friend, Stacy Mays, today, and we are going to be talking about infertility. We have been on this journey in April for sharing stories of women who have walked through that path um, to bring you encouragement. And so let me tell you a little bit about Stacy. Stacy and I both live in Memphis and we've never met in real life, which is kind of fun and funny. We have a ton of mutual friends and um, she is the director of community relations at Life Choices. And she's been married to Josh for 10 years and they are pregnant now with their first baby boy and so i am excited to welcome stacy to the podcast welcome stacy
1: oh thank you so so much i'm so excited to be on here today
0: this is great we were talking a little bit um before we pushed record and i was telling her that i think we talked a few about a few mutual friends but i think we have tons more (laughs) so um Memphis isn't that big, but anyway, so, but Stacey, I want you to come and share your story of walking through infertility. I know that it is a a private subject, but it is also a subject that we can give glory to God. And so I want you to share. I know y'all walked through infertility for seven years um, mm-hmm. when y'all were uh, had been married for about three years. So tell us um, the first like i guess the first point when you were like okay this is not going to be as easy as we thought
1: oh yes it it was beyond devastating for me. I could not get my head around it because for those who know me know that I love kids. I love kids. I love babies. I love your child. I love everyone's (laughs) children. Um, If I could still be a babysitter and have the benefits that I have at my current job, I I would be. I love children. And the reality that um, motherhood was going to be difficult for me um, really just crushed me. It, It crushed me. And for so long, I couldn't even deal with the reality. I just stuffed it down. I stuffed it down. And of course, doctor's appointments began. And um, I did have a surgery. And after the surgery, everything looked great. So that was incredibly frustrating for doctor's appointment after appointment for everything to look great. And then for it to be unexplained infertility. And um, my faith with the Lord, I would say it was such a roller coaster. He wasn't, I was, Mm -hmm. I was up and down and the back and forth. Um, But just realizing that in the beginning, um, it was devastating. I don't, I don't really know of another word, but it totally crushed me.
0: And then as you were journeying on, I'm sure there were doctor's appointments and things, and then y'all walked through the journey of IVF. And that was, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, really intense and all the things but tell me about that part of your journey when you decided and somebody gave you um fun Mm -hmm. to be able to do this so tell me a little bit about that part
1: yeah we had not been very public with our infertility um, story yet and i i definitely encourage any woman going through it you know you have to share when you're ready and i was not ready um, to, to blast it out there you know, on social media or something. And now friends, relatives, they knew. They knew the journey. They knew the struggles. They knew um, to pray for me in the days it was hard to get out of bed and when I was depressed. And, and they knew. And there was a couple at High Point um, that we were friends with. And God just placed the burden of our infertility on their hearts, which amazes I mean, just how the Lord works amazes me. And it was actually a season where I felt that the Lord was very distant. I was not hearing from Him. I would read the Word and pray, and I just was like, God, where are you? And then to hear that He is speaking to other people about us, um, and and God really gave the wife um, and this couple a vision, a vision of us being parents, and told her that. And I um Things like that, again, you have to filter through because some people have said some crazy stuff to me about (laughs) babies and fertility and stuff. But when she told me that the Holy Spirit confirmed it, when she told me the the word the Lord had given her, and I knew that it was a true word. And so I was clinging to that and I have clung to that for many years. And then God placed um, a financial burden on their heart for us and they slid a check across the table and they said, this is to help you guys become parents. So Josh and I um, did not take that lightly. We prayed over that check and we said, well, we feel like we have two options. We have IVF or we have adoption. And um, I'm in my 30s at that time and think the clock is ticking. And I'm, I really thought, well, if we're going to do IVF, it's now or never. And he felt at peace about that. So we walked through the journey very prayerfully, really feeling like the Lord was leading us to do it. And so in my head, if God is leading us to do this, then it's going to work. Like IVF is how we will become parents. And we got connected with this awesome doctor in St. Louis. We actually did it out of town and we went through, I mean, it is such a journey for those who have been involved. It's months of medication and shots. I mean, just such an incredibly grueling process. We're in St. Louis for over two weeks. Um, That was grueling. We come back and you just wait, you just wait um, to be able to get your blood work done, wait and see. And it was so crushing when we found out that we were not pregnant because we only had one viable embryo. So we had one shot at IVF. And when that one shot at it did not work, I just thought, well, that's it. Like, I, I don't understand what all is going on. And God gave this person a word. And I feel like we're supposed to be parents one day, but our one shot is gone. And um, that was that was a low, low point, probably the lowest point.
0: Sure. Well, can I can only imagine of how you have, you know, just feeling the pressure, even though it's not intended, but, you know, the pressure of that this is going to work. Like you said, like this, is yeah. of course, if God spoke to, to them, this is how mm-hmm. it's going to work but how he probably increased your faith so much during that time. I can imagine. Oh
1: my goodness. Yes. I mean, it, not to um, sugarcoat anything. And I feel like now what I want to to give to other people is a very real vulnerable story because I so appreciated reading people's real vulnerable stories when I was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a low, low point and we, we deal with crisis and we deal with tragedy in different ways. And um, some can relate to me. I'm a stuffer. I want to stuff it down. I wanted to go to work. I wanted to control what I could control. I wanted to do a good job at my job. And I wanted to move forward and just try not to even think about this because I could not process it. So I stuffed and I stuffed until I started having panic attacks until I started um, not being able to sleep at night, um, having crazy insomnia and some depression and just feeling terrible. My mental health was in such a bad spot. Praise God. He wasn't going to let me do that. He wanted me to be healthy. And I got to a point where one morning I was crying and I finally I dealt with this for I don't know how many weeks, but I told Josh, I said, I am sick. You need to treat me like I have cancer. I don't look sick on the outside, but I'm sick on the inside and I need help. I need counseling. I might need medication. I need help immediately. And I'm so thankful that Josh, I mean, he did not miss a beat. He is on the phone with a pastor. He's on the phone getting me into the best counselor in the city. I saw a doctor. I did need to get on some medication to help with my anxiety and to sleep at night. And then I began to heal. And I mean, true, true healing. Now, girl, I put in the work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to say it just happened. I mean, I went to therapy weekly for many months. I mean, to go weekly, That it is hard. It is so mm. emotional and it's so exhausting, but it was so, so good. And um, I started a healing journey mm. and the Lord began to speak to me so clearly. And I just thought, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk in obedience. And let me tell you, in the middle of me being so messed up and feeling so messed up, God told me to start leading a Bible study for girls in their 20s. Um, I think all of them were single, yeah, girls in their 20s. Of course, I'm like, Lord, you missed the mark. I am so messed up right now. I cannot lead a Bible study, but it was when he put obedience on my heart. So then I thought, well, I've got to be obedient and leading that study, being submissive to him. I mean, the healing, it just happened over and over and over in such a beautiful way. And Of course, in hindsight, I'm looking now and I'm so thankful God took me through all of that because now I'm going to have this baby in three weeks. And I'm such a different person. And my relationship with the Lord is at such a different level. Um, But I I don't want to skip over. It was a really hard time. I mean, I definitely experienced some low lows. Well, and I'm so
0: glad you brought that up because when I was reading your blog um, about that, it just helped. It just helps us to know that you know, the healing, it's going to start with Jesus. That's the first step mm-hmm. before you mm-hmm. can even go and, you know, in your, it, when you're ministering to others or the Bible study that it, it would, it brought back down to your health. Like you've got to get healthy mm-hmm. first And, Mm -hmm. you know, then you can start that healing process. And so I'm so grateful that you said that about you and your husband and getting on the same page and just saying, I need help. Um, I remember I walked through that, too, and it is Mm -hmm. um, a lonely spot, but it's it's you took it one step further and said, I'm not going to stay in this spot. I'm going to get help. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get on medication. I'm going to do the work, you know, taking thoughts captive. I'm going to get the help that I need first. And I think a lot of us, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame in that. I mean, I think I went for a while without doing that because of the fact that it was just shameful. But I'm so glad that you said that, that you are You know, making it more a normalized thing that we do need to get help. So would you say that to somebody that is struggling that, you know, is having the insomnia, is having the panic attacks? I mean, I remember I kept thinking that it was something physically. Well, it was, but it was really mentally I needed to really get help and go to the doctor. But I'm just so that glad that you did say that because I think that is that is a word from for somebody today uh, mm-hmm. that are struggling alone and they are worried about getting help or, or feeling shame about it. So, would you what would you say to that lady right now that's in the midst of the anxiety or the panic?
1: Uh, first of all, I'm just I would say I'm so sorry. I mean, this is I'm so sorry for every woman having to deal with this, but. God is in control and he used infertility in a really beautiful way in my life. Now, I know you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear about the gift of infertility. What I would say is um, it is second by second. You've got to take it second by second and breathe and do, um, do what you can. You know, some days it's okay to stay in bed. I think some days it's okay to be really sad and really down. I push myself a lot to when stuffing those feelings, but I think sometimes you need to you need to feel your feelings. Now sometimes you do. You got to get up. You got to get some sunshine. Get dressed and keep going. But I think um, so many things are so overwhelming. If you can just take it second by second, minute by minute, and seeking the Lord and asking God, okay, what what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Today, and how can I get through this? How can I do this? And you know, you might need a safe person, like I needed in a counselor to lay it all out there. You might need to tell your spouse or your friends or talk it through with someone or just cry out to God. I will say something that I learned in this that was so good is that you can be honest with God, He can take it. I don't know why, for so long, I just thought I would think all these things. And then when I would pray, it would be like, "And God, I want to be a mom. But somewhere in that I started, I started praying, God, this is killing me. This is suffocating me. This is crushing me. Hold me up. I need the God of comfort and the God of peace to be in me and with me. And I started to be very real with the Lord. And I would encourage, um, I would encourage any woman dealing with this to be real with God, because he knows, first of all, and he can take it, he can handle it. Mm, That's a good word. And
0: I want to go back because after you are walking through this and I'm sure years, I mean, you know, if you think about just one year of it, that's 12 negative tests or, you know, 12 months of it. And then there's, you know, two years and then three years and then four. I mean, on year six, you're like, okay, you know, kind of like, you know, Abraham and Sarah in the Bible, you're like, Okay, what you know? Yeah. Do we what do we do here? You know.
1: So, what mm-hmm. do you think? What was going through your head at that? At like five, year five, year six. It's kind of a blur looking mm. back because it was such a roller coaster for me. Yeah, I mean, there were seasons where I was like, I can't deal with this. I can't think about it. Um, I'm I'm just putting parent. I'm going to try to just not even think about being a mom. There were other seasons where I'm like, Josh, we have to adopt. Like, adoption is the answer. Let's adopt. But you both have to be in the same place if you're going to pursue adoption. And we were not on the same level um, or the same page at that time with that. And then it was um, fertility treatments and doctor visits. And then it was, okay, I'm not doing anything but just crying out to God. I mean, I'd, yeah. anywhere you could be on the spectrum, I was there. And yeah, I, I didn't want it to consume my life. I wanted to to live my life and Josh and I really have, we have had a great marriage and a great life, and we have enjoyed ourselves a lot, but it's there. That absence is there and that desire is always there. And it was always there. Um, It would hit me a lot, driving home from work, I'd be driving and I would just look in the back seat and just want to see a car seat back there so badly. And just times of loneliness, um, it really hit me and Know it's it, it was always there, but I definitely tried for it not to consume me. Mm-hmm. Sure but again, yeah. I'm the up and down, I was the roller coaster, I was not the steadfast, you know, releasing it to God. You're in control. I mean, I was holding on, I was releasing, I was holding. on. Yeah. Releasing oh, I can imagine I that. It was all over the place, girl. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember, and you remember specific places where you're sitting and you're like, okay, God, and where He just speaks, and then there's another time when you're just like crying in the, you know, in the lobby of Wendy's, you know, it's just, you just yeah. never know when it's going to hit you. But there is mm-hmm. something that you mentioned on your blog that I loved. And I really, mm-hmm. i will to quote you. Okay. You talked about yeah. having the gift of infertility as that it is a gift from God. And you said, pregnancy is not the promised land. Motherhood is not the finish line. Nothing mm-hmm. on earth compares to him.
1: Can you share a little bit mm-hmm. about that? Yes, thank you so much for bringing that up. I love um, these these two things. Uh, first of all, I was driving one day years ago. I remember exactly where I was, and I'm just innocently driving, and I'm just praying, and I'm thinking like, God, you know, I'm just like your people in the desert land. I'm 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 in the desert. This um, not being a mom, I'm I'm in the desert, and I'm just trudging through and motherhood is the promised land. And I believe you're going to take me to the promised land and I'm going to be a mom. You know, and I'm just very innocently praying. Mm-hmm. And I think God just looks on us sometimes and he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, Girl, you missed the mark. And mm-hmm. in a clear, I mean, a clear, I do not say this lightly at all a clear way. God said, Stacy. And I just felt him saying like daughter, my, my child, daughter, motherhood is not the promised land. I am the promised land. There is so much more for you than motherhood, Mm. even though that seems like the biggest blessing, the biggest thing that can happen. No, 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 no. Knowing me, I am the biggest thing. I am the biggest blessing. And in that moment, um, the Lord spoke it, the Holy Spirit in me resonated with it. I felt it in every way I could. And my whole perspective shifted. And I thought this cannot, I will not let this be an idol in my life um, because I can see where it has been. It's not going to consume me. I am going to cling to the word of Christ. I'm going to cling to God and I'm going to pursue him, still pray for motherhood, still pray to be a parent one day, but he is the promised land. And I have repeated that to myself and have told Josh, and we've repeated that over and over and over. And I have to say that now being pregnant, I'm so thankful God shifted my perspective because the anxiety, I mean, just when I became pregnant, everything didn't just flip over and it's all rainbows and sunshine. I've had major anxiety over having a miscarriage. I mean, just, different struggles we all face and for those who are moms i'm sure you can look at your kids the little sinners that they are and say no 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 they are not they're not my god god is my god Mm -hmm. the other thing with the gift of infertility a friend had told me that um, many years ago she herself faced infertility and i thought that's the craziest thing i've ever heard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i am seeing it though lived out now i can definitely see what she means and it has given me a gift First of all, infertility, um, the Lord has used it so much in my life to do the most important thing, which is bring me closer to him, my relationship with him, the most important thing. And then second, I mean, it is such a, it has been such a gift in being pregnant. I feel like the perspective infertility has given me and given Josh, um, as we're expecting, as we're planning for our family decisions that we're making, I am seeing it as a true gift. Now, I would not wish it on anyone. I don't want for any of my friends to have mm-hmm. to go through this, but I definitely see it through the lens of thank you, God. Thank you for taking us through this, bringing us through it and giving us this new new lens to see things through.
0: I love that perspective and um, and how you were talking about how it is a gift, um, and but we have to go through those low times, those valleys. Mm-hmm really Mm -hmm. to, to maybe appreciate it. I remember I did that when I, we had our son and it was just so uh, appreciative. Not everything was, you know, rosy, like you said, because (laughs) when you first found out you were pregnant, you were, you were feeling sick and you were like, I'm, I'm just sick. So tell me a little bit about the story.
1: Yes, I love to talk about this um, because it's just so silly after so many years <laughs> of trying to get pregnant. And it was uh, incredible timing because Josh actually went on a sabbatical. He's been on staff at a church for many years and got to have a sabbatical. And in that, God really used that time for healing and transformation in his life. So he came back from sabbatical and we um, were just implementing some new things into our family. Truly having a Sabbath was one Um cutting back on technology, just some things like that. We're changing some practices of our family. And I started feeling sick and I've had some health issues over the years. I've had thyroid issues and some other things. And I was like, oh no, I am doing CrossFit three or four times a week. I'm eating healthy. I am not feeling bad. And so I pushed through and one week went by, another week went by, and I'm like, man, this is not fair. I'm feeling bad again. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, I start making doctor's appointments. I call my um, just general doctor. I'm like, hey, I, I don't have COVID. I don't have, you know, my symptoms are different from that. But I'm just feeling really off. I need blood work. I need, like, all the blood work done. Mm-hmm. And then finally on one Friday, I was like, wait, I might need to take a pregnancy test. And the fear and anxiety I had parked in the Walgreens parking lot, my fist on the steering wheel, I just didn't want to do it again. Over the years, how many negative pregnancy tests have I had? So many. And I just prayed um, in the Walgreens parking lot. I just prayed, God, you are with me. You are in me. Will you go with me and before me? Please just take me through to buy this pregnancy test and to go home and take it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be hurt again. (sighs) And really, I didn't think I didn't I don't know what it felt like to be pregnant. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't think I was, but I knew I needed to know. So I, I took the test home, walked right past Josh, didn't say anything to him. It came out positive. And um, it was it was just such shock, but beauty, beauty and tears and amazement of the lord but also um anxiety set in anxiety immediately i never saw that coming immediately because early in the pregnancy over a miscarriage over an ectopic pregnancy i mean all these things and um but god has used that the, the anxiety to cling to him even mm-hmm. i mean i still need him i'm still clinging to him
0: <laughs> Mm, that's good. And that's something I struggle with. Our our stories are very similar in the fact that I struggled with that. I mean, I was teaching school and I remember I was pregnant. I was teaching school mm-hmm. and I started having migraines, but it was all because of anxiety. And it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, wait this is what I've been looking forward to
1: for years. And then
0: I'm going to have anxiety, but it just shows you that we need Jesus every moment of every day, no matter if we're pregnant or not, no matter if we get our dreams that we never thought or imagined. Um, Mm -hmm. even if we get to that point and God blesses us with that, there is still, we're still, Mm -hmm. the flesh is still there. And, um, and so we, we have to cling to him. That is, that is, um, what he wants us to do. He wants that relationship with us. So that is something that I I wanted to ask you about because I know, you know, everybody thinks on the other end of infertility, you know, is a baby, whether it's through adoption or, Mm -hmm. um, pregnancy or, um. Other ways, but uh, we, we, we got to be honest about it. And that leads me into my next thing that my next question for you is Josh recorded a song. He wrote a song called to be honest tell me what started that it at first i thought it was going to be about your own journey um and it does definitely relate but tell me a little bit about the story of how he wrote it and then i'm going to be able to play that when we edit this um at the end so everybody can hear it it's it's an amazing song but tell us what what that started out being from
1: our very very best friends i mean our closest people to us they're just our family our, our very best friends they have dealt with infertility and miscarriages. And um, they have one perfect, beautiful angel child. And then a few years later, they were expecting again. And it was a true miracle um, for them to be pregnant with this little, little baby boy. And she was. Um, into her pregnancy. And she found out that he had a trisomy, I believe trisomy 18, mm-hmm. um, which is not a good diagnosis. And we just walked that road with them very closely. And he ended up passing away in the womb. Um, he did not live outside of the womb. And it of course was incredibly hurtful for them, but it was for Josh and I as well. I mean, we wanted this baby. We wanted them to have a, another child. And we, we heard as our friends hurt. Mm-hmm. And God just gave Josh this this song um, about being honest, and it's okay, and it's okay to not feel like singing, and it's okay to feel this way. And um, I'll never forget we went over there one night not long after they had lost their baby, and Josh had said, "You know, I, this inspired me to write a song." And I think they're probably thinking like, "Oh, what is this going to be?" You know, like mm-hmm. praising God in the storm kind of thing. And I've been there too because I'm like. Sometimes you just don't want to hear that. You're, you are not in that place. But then he um, played To Be Honest, and it, it was moving. And they were like, yes, that is, that is it. That is where we are. And then since he's written that song and put it out, so many people, I mean, struggles are struggles. This isn't, it's not just a song for infertility. I mean, so many people in different seasons of life have reached out to him and reached out to me and just said, thank you thank you because this is where I am right now and it's okay to be here right now.
0: Well, and the, one of the lyrics in that song is to be honest, I don't feel like singing. And I think mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, where a lot of it, it's meeting us where we are, Of a lot of people going through, Um, You know, we're still human when we're going through these trials and we're going through the valleys. It's sometimes we don't want to sing. You know, we don't feel Mm -hmm. like it, but um, how the anchor holds and how in this song it points straight to Jesus and that he's with Mm -hmm. us through it all. So I would love to play that if I have y'all's permission, because I think it is an amazing song.
2: me out to walk in faith, but there's something about this storm. When the darkness drowned out
0: What would you say to a woman that is walking through infertility or walking through pretty much anything that is like a valley right now? Um, Maybe she is yearning to get pregnant. Maybe she's yearning to be married. Maybe she's single. Maybe she has a lot of shame in her background. And um, maybe she's wanting to be free from that. Maybe she's walking through something with her husband. Maybe she's walking through a job change. Whatever it is, something with her kids. What would you say to her right now?
1: Well, for the woman who's a believer, I would say what I've said several times um, is cling to Christ. I felt like I was on the side of a cliff and I had this tiny rope and I'm hanging on both hands to this tiny rope that is Jesus Christ. And that's all I have. And I'm clinging on to him no matter what. The rocks are falling. Things are hitting me, but I'm clinging to Christ. Um, He is the foundation because you are going to experience emotions and you're going to be up and down. And he is the foundation and be in the word, be in prayer, hanging on to God. And like I've already said, being honest with him. Um, But also I think letting yourself feel um, stuffing. What I did is not the best option. It's not a good option. Allowing yourself to be sad, okay, I'm sad today and I'm just sad. I'm down today, I'm just down. I'm okay today. Um, for the infertility, you know, being aware, like I, I had to get to a point where I had to assess, can I go to this baby shower? or is this going to put me in a funk for the rest of the week? or am I going to be crying for the next two days? You know, can can I do this? And it's okay if you can't. And if you can, that's great. But really just listening to yourself and allowing yourself to be where you are, Mm -hmm. wherever you you are, um, be there. Now, I'm not saying to, um, you know, stay in bed all day, every day, you know, kind of thing. But you might need a day. You might need to stay in bed on Mother's Day. Mother's Day sucks when you want to be a mom. Yes, I cannot say that enough. Mm -hmm. You might not want to get out of bed that day or you might want to go to the spa all day but I hope that makes sense. Just listening to yourself and what you, what you need. But first and foremost is the Lord. I mean, he is, Mm -hmm. he is it the beginning and the end. He is our hope. Um, Our true hope is in him.
0: Mm, That's good. I love that. You're pairing that spiritual with the practical. I love that. (laughs) I think that is perfect. It's a perfect answer. Okay. So I do end each of my interviews with what are you eating, reading and loving. So I want to hear from you.
1: I love that. Okay let's talk about reading. I am a big reader. Okay. Um, my friends who know me know I love babies and I love books. And I just started a new, I think it's Emily Giffen, a new book by her. I believe it's The Lies That Bind. My book club is reading it. And I am listening to The Red Tent. That's the audiobook I'm listening to. One of my like heroes, she recommended that. It's one of her favorite books. And I'm reading the Bible through chronologically, which I cannot recommend that enough. I am loving it. I'm almost halfway through. It's been so, so good. Mm. Okay. So reading, that's the only thing I heard you say. Okay. Eating. What are you eating? Oh my goodness. Okay. I am three weeks away from having this baby and girl, my sweet tooth is out of control. (laughs) Sweets have never tasted better. And I've always been a sweets person, but Hershey's chocolate bars are They have to be better than manna from heaven. I mean, it is the best tasting thing. I think about them all day. I want them all day. Mm. I try to limit myself to one per day. I'm out of control. It's just. It's so good though. It is so good. They taste so good. I love it.
0: Yeah, you well, you can mm-hmm. hear that. you can feel the baby kick, so that's good, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So sweet,
1: the doctor said babies like sweets. That's so. right, they do. Oh, <laughs> I'm that's sure right, when he's kicking away. That's right.
0: Okay, what are you loving these days?
1: Uh, I'm loving um, <laughs> the first thing that came to mind were these loose fitting dresses, like I'm <gasps> wearing right now. Yes. I'm sure you remember the stage of pregnancy. I'm so uncomfortable. I feel huge. <laughs> um, I just, it, I'm over pants. I, that TAM, I, might be TAM, I don't even want to wear pants. I just want these loose fitting dresses. There you go. And, um, I have started having baby showers, which I mean, that's a whole, we could do a whole other podcast on like uh, so many years of infertility, getting a baby shower. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so in awe and amazed of again, what God has done and that that Josh and I, like we are having baby showers for our baby mm-hmm. and how our friends are loving us so well. And again, the gift of infertility. These friends have walked this journey. They have mm-hmm. prayed for this child. Yes. Like these baby showers are so special, not just to us, but. To
0: them. Mm, that's sweet. Uh, really sweet. That's awesome. And yes, to the dresses.
1: I <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. It's good that so we're, we're just now entering
0: spring. So <laughs> it's not in the dead of summer, but it, it's
1: perfect because I've worn leggings all winter. Yes. Now I'm just too big and <laughs> I need loose.
0: <laughs> well, this has been so fun. I appreciate you so much coming on the show. Would you tell everyone where we can find you online and where your blog is?
1: Yes. um, I'm so excited about our blog. Again, I was not ready to tell my story for many, many years, but um, I became ready to tell it and asked Josh to start a blog for me. And Josh is a creative and he created this whole website and it's maze.family. M-A-Z-E.family. And I um, have several blog posts that are very real, very, very vulnerable. Um, I spill my guts out there (laughs) for people. So please check that out. And I'm on Instagram as Stace Mays and um, Josh and I have a joint Facebook account, Josh and Stacey Mays. So we're on all the social media platforms, but I'm really proud of our blog and I, I really hope that it reaches women in a similar season that, that, in a similar season of what I was in um, because blogs like that encouraged me when I was there. And that was one of the main reasons to write it.
0: Mm, That's great. It's therapeutic too. I wrote one as well. And I I love that. Mm -hmm. And then being able to do that, I would encourage you once you finish writing, I mean, you might not ever finish, but start (laughs) binding it into a book. I have mine and it has been such a great thing. It's been very so good idea. to have um, to look back on and and see. Yes, your I'm
1: so glad it prompted me to write it down because yes. again, I just see God's faithfulness. Yes, as I write it down, where He's taken me um, and what He's taken me through.
0: And we get encouraged from that. We our faith is buoyed mm-hmm. up because yes. of what we see, what He's done in your life and in mm-hmm. the lives of your uh, around you and your family and and with your friends walking that through with you. So thank you again, Stacy, for coming on the show. I appreciate mm-hmm. you and I'm excited to maybe meet you in person sometime. <laughs>
1: yes, I hope so. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity.
0: Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.